0: at the Acts. Um, it's it's uh, Acts 25. It's always kind of fun because when when I preached the sermon last Sunday, that isn't the end of that passage for me. I go back and review it as I'm studying for this week and looking further forward. And <clears throat> Sometimes God says, um, why, why didn't you share this with them? So I'm going to share something that I didn't share last week that I should have that is really kind of cool. <coughs> Excuse me, I guess I shouldn't be coughing on the communion. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, if you look in verse 7 of chapter 25, if you remember, we talked about. Um, the new, the new governor's on the scene. Festus is there. He, he went from Caesarea. Uh, he, he was on his, on his perch for three days. He goes up to Jerusalem. He spends eight or ten days. He hears all the charges that they want to accuse Paul of. And he says, no, come back to Caesarea. So he heads back to Caesarea. And he's arrived there in verse 7. And the Jews come down from Jerusalem. And they stood around Paul. Remember how we talked about last week that they stood there to intimidate him? And and he did. They didn't stand behind him or on the side or in front. They surrounded him. Okay, they stood around him, and I missed a really a really wonderful opportunity to 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 share the other side of that. Um, Turn. You can turn with me. uh, Ephesians five. 5.15, 5.15, and this is, this is the first place in the Bible where it says, stop and look both ways before you cross the road, okay? There's safety tips in the Bible, okay? Ephesians 5.15 says, therefore, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, if you got the King James, I says, I think it says walk circumspectfully. And and circumference is that part of a circle that that is around the outside of the circle. All all the way around. Not just the front of it, the back of it, the middle of it. It it's so walk, walk so you're looking around where you're walking. Be aware of where you're where you are walking, okay? You say, now how does that have anything to do with what they standing around him? Another verse in Philippians just about two or three pages back. Let me make sure I get the right one here. Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. That just kind of makes me just made me think real quick to Joshua. When when Joseph was was tell or I'm not Joshua. Come on, John. Genesis. Genesis, when when Joseph was telling his brothers when they came from from Israel to come down to Egypt to get food, and he knows who they are, but they don't know who he is, then he finally reveals himself to them. And and he says, Guys, don't sweat it. You meant this for bad for me, but God meant it for good to save a lot of people's lives. He says, My circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel here in Philippians 1. So that my imprisonment, verse 13, my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. that, That his testimony, it didn't matter where he went, if he was being persecuted, he was under pressure, Paul preached. And he told those around him about Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. And so he says, then the praetorian guard all know. In verse 14, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. There's another word that you could use there and it's called, it's bold. The the, the brothers are much more bold to speak because of what I've gone through. What, what God has brought into my life, what God has used to grow me into the into the apostle that He is wanting me to be, the one that if you got, I think it's Acts nine five where He says, "Paul, it, you, you you are going to talk to Gentiles, you're going to talk to kings, and you're going to talk to the Jews. You're going to share the gospel with everyone." And He said, "These guys here," He says, "because." Most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the Word of God without fear. And I know I've shared this before, and just real briefly, I remember a very, very vividly a time when um, I was sitting in my office when I was in the Air Force in Belgium, and one of the, the guys that I went to church with was an air traffic controller, and he came to get his mail. And I was sharing... The, sharing my faith with one of my co-workers. And when he came through that door, that was, that was like throwing me a piece of meat. That was like sick him. Because I knew he heard what was going on and I knew he was going to start praying that God's word would keep going forth. And we can get a boldness from one another. We need to, as they came around to stand around Paul to, to intimidate him, as believers, we need to come around one another and stand around each other in the faith. We need to stand around one another and pray for one another so that we can make each other bold. Because that's what's supposed to happen. There's, there's, there's strength that we can gain from each other. There's, there's a confidence. There's a boldness that, that we can have and it will be part of who we are. Because we come around one another. And we do that on Wednesday nights through prayer meeting. We'd love to have you here. Okay? I know sometimes schedules don't work, whatever, but don't make excuses. We need to come around one another. If we see one another praying for each other, that will give us boldness. And, And it will be, as it says in verse 13, for the greater progress of the gospel. Okay, we can go home now we need, and and again, brings me right back to Hebrews 10. You know, it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, and that's not what that whole passage is about. The passage says, you need to be here to encourage us. We need you to be here to encourage us, and you need to be here for us to encourage you in the body. Why? For the greater progress of the Gospel. So, Sorry I missed that opportunity. Hope that didn't blow anybody's week by not having that last Sunday. <laughs> we gotta stand around one another. We gotta lift one another up in prayer. The, the the boldness may result for the progress of the gospel. All right. Now how many of you practiced dying this week? That's right. That's what I said. How many of you practiced dying this week? Okay? Remember, that was part of your homework. So even if you don't raise your hands, I hope some of you did. We got to practice. And I always use the examples. Forgive me. Ten guys come through that door right now with machine guns. If you're not a Christian, get up and leave because we're going to kill all the Christians. What do you do? Well, the first thing we need to do is fall to our knees. Because that means our feet are going to be a lot less likely to walk out the door. But if we fall to our knees, we'll pray and ask God for help. But practice that, think that, process that through. Again, the old the old example is when I was in the Air Force. Every year we had to practice with the fire extinguisher, and everybody had to put the fire out. The fire department would come to the parking lot. And they'd have barrels that they put the fire in, and we had to practice. So that when our neighbor's apartment in Iceland was actually on fire, I didn't stop and think. I just went and grabbed the fire extinguisher and did what I'd been trained to do. I reacted. I didn't have to think. When those guys come through that door, what are you going to do? You're going to go to your knees because that's what you've practiced in your mind. You've practiced that. Last week we talked about practicing about dying. That, That we are looking forward to Jesus Christ coming back. What what meant go through the mental process? If I'm sickly and and I know I'm going my time is short, few days, weeks, what am I going to do? Who can I praise? God. Who can I share? Nurses around me, doctors, whatever. <coughs> practice. Practice. So practice dying this week, okay? Don't do it, but pra- I mean don't don't die. Practice dying this week. Put that into your list of things to practice. Well, what is my mental state going to be? All well, for the furtherance of the gospel. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Practice, because that right, when we get to that point in our life, and, and for some it may be in an accident or some may be so fast that you're not going to have time to think about practicing what you did. Excuse me. Lord may take you quickly, whatever. But have your heart in the right place. Have your heart ready. Because, you know, we talked, and I shared last week, I believe, the the, the verse in uh, Romans 12 We, we weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. Do we really practice that? The person next to me gets promotion I was fighting for. Do I really rejoice with him? I better. Gotta stop. <coughs> Sorry. I watched three soccer games of my granddaughter yesterday. That doesn't help. I like to yell and shirt. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. I appreciate that. Wasn't having this problem earlier in the morning, but I. Thank you. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I look forward to going home, folks. It it may sound morbid, but I I look forward to death. Because this body is just temporary. It's going to get so much gooder when we get home. Uh, I know I I think of Lois and I always think of Terry. Terry. They're out at Danielle and Danny's wedding this weekend in Wyoming. Um, I, I mean, for the, for the rest of us that are just getting old, we're, we're looking forward to it. I know that there are others that are really looking forward to it. Practice dying, okay? Practice thinking about going home. There, there, there's actually a reward if you, look for, if you are looking for the coming of the Lord, if you are looking for, for His return. There's actually a crown that you're going to get for that. There's actually a crown that you get for that. Anticipating, looking forward to, wanting, desiring, so much that we need to share with others around us. All right, let's get into today's... <laughs> Okay, last week we did 25 verses one through 12. We we uh, just mentioned that um, the new governors on the scene, Festus, has taken over for Felix. Uh, they both wanted to do the Jews a favor, but they were also very different in that in that uh, Felix was was willing to delay and just kind of slough off on on making sure that Paul got justice. Festus saw this sitting there is something that had been sitting there too long. He wanted to get it done and take care of it. So that's why he went up to, to Jerusalem. Now he's back to Caesarea. And and as we're going to see today from verses 13 to 22, King Agrippa and Bernice come to Caesarea on an official state visit. You know, all the pomp and circumstance, the red carpet, the the, the jet flies in and they come down the steps and... You know, they're they're there for to be seen. They want people to know who they are and, and they got a new governor, they gotta welcome him uh to to uh to Caesarea. And so we know from thirteen to twenty two, and we we touched on verse nineteen lightly last week, because Festus is telling King Agrippa and Bernice about what what's going on. What Here's the dog and pony show. We're going to show you why you're in town this weekend. This is what's happening. He's this this guy, Paul, in verse 19, he says, they, they, these guys that came down from Jerusalem have a problem, and it's a, the, a deal with their own religion and about a certain dead man, Jesus. So to, to Festus, as far as he knows, this guy's dead. But then if you read the next, he says, but Paul asserted that he is alive, that he's not dead. And so the the, the two the two sides of the story is is uh, two assertions that are set forth by Festus is that he's dead and, and but this other guy says he's not. Alright? That's where we'll pick up verse thirteen. Now when several days had elapsed King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and paid their respects to Festus. And while they were spending many days there, Festus led Paul's case before the king, laid excuse me, laid Paul's case before the king, saying, "There's a certain man left a prisoner by Felix." Then he's going to break it down into three sections here. Verses uh, 15 and 16. He says, "When I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders and the Jews brought charges against him asking for a sentence of condemnation upon him. And I answered them that it is not the custom of the Romans to hand over any man before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has had an opportunity to make his defense against the charges. So Festus is just reiterating kind of what's gone on ahead uh, before Agrippa and and, uh, Bernice got there. If you'll notice as, as we've looked at this, there. There was a charge earlier on that was laid to Paul that is not the issue now. And, and one, one thing that, that I'd like us to understand is that when I ask you, what, what is the one thing that Satan hates the most? Has anything come to mind from the last several months of hearing it over and over again? That what's the name of Jesus? To exalt and glorify the name of Jesus. Satan hates that because Satan, his enemy is Jesus. He hates Jesus. And he doesn't want us in any way, shape, or form to worship Jesus. So, Paul has gotten it shifted. Let's look real quickly at a couple of verses. Turn back a couple of pages to chapter 21. <clears throat> chapter 21 verse 28 and remember the Jews came from Asia and they were stirring up trouble he said this is the man who preaches to all men everywhere against our people and the law and this place and besides he has even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place <coughs> excuse me we know that that didn't happen it was a false charge but this is one of the charge you know he's he's talking about the whole the whole bunch of charges there he's he's uh, He's preaching everywhere against our people in in this place, the temple, and he's even defiled the temple. uh look at chapter twenty four verse six. He even tried to desecrate the temple and then we arrested him and we wanted to judge him according to our law see they're they're focusing. And we, we know, okay, Jesus fulfilled the, the law, Jesus fulfilled the temple, and Jesus fulfilled prophecy. Jesus fulfilled the temple. The temple is no longer a player. But to the Jews that did not accept Jesus as the Messiah, the temple is still in play. But it shouldn't be, because Jesus fulfilled it. It's done. Its purpose is served. It's over. But they still want to draw attention to the temple because that's not the real issue. But Satan will use it to to run as a smokescreen to the real problem here. Uh, If we look at 23.6, but uh, perceiving that one part were Sadducees and the other Uh, Pharisees, Paul began crying out in the council, brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of the Pharisee. I am on trial for the hope and resurrection of the dead. That's what Paul wants to bring the trial to. He wants to bring that to the forefront. He wants to bring that to the attention of everybody that Jesus Christ died, but he is alive. He is risen. Oh, they want to mess with the temple. That's the smoke screen. Here, this is what he's doing wrong. Paul says, that isn't what this is about. Uh, chapter 24, verse 21. Other than for this, this one statement that I shouted, which we just read, he shouted out while I was standing there, for the resurrection of the dead I am trial before you today. Paul wants to keep the attention on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the, the Sadducees don't want to hear... Don't want to have anything to do with that. Chapter 25, verse 8. While Paul, in his own defense, says, I have committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. All this other stuff is false charges. He says, I'll take the credit for shouting out in the temple that Jesus is risen, that the resurrection has occurred. Blame me for that. Charge me with that. I'm guilty of that. I did that. You don't have to have a trial. I'll plead guilty. I did that. What you don't need to mess with is this other stuff that they're lying about to begin with. About desecrating the temple and breaking the law. We'll get more into that next week. About how, how, how it, was a, it, it was history and it was, it was tradition that the, that the Jews believed in. And now they're, they're, they're not realizing that Christ was the fulfillment of that. That He, he was the Messiah. He, he was who He says He was. Paul wants to keep bringing it back to the fact that it's about the resurrection. It's about Jesus Christ because Satan hates that so much because that's when he knew. His, he he should have known before, but he knew is doomed was sealed when Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave. Satan knew he's going to try to do everything he can to keep people from hearing the truth and from knowing the truth. Because he knows he's losing in the end. But Paul says, I want to keep bringing the, the attention back to the real case, the real matter at hand. Acts 25:17. and so after they had assembled, I made no delay, but on the next day, took my seat, again, a little bit of difference between Festus and Felix, Felix Felix would have let it hang out there for a few months or even a couple of years, Festus says, no, I, I wanted to deal with this, made no delay, on the next day, took my seat on the tribunal, ordered the man to be brought, and when the accuser stood up, they began bringing charges against him, not of such crime as I was expecting but they simply had some points of disagreement with him about their own religion and about a certain dead man Jesus whom Paul asserted to be alive the, the the third part of his story or presentation relaying to king agrippa and bernice in verse 20 he says being at a loss how to investigate such matters i asked whether he was willing to go to jerusalem and there stand trial on these matters he, he knew the the high priest was in jerusalem he knew the sanhedrin was in jerusalem so if he was going to get any reading on this that would be the place to go makes sense It's logical but when Paul appealed to be held in custody for the emperor's decision, again, Paul was no dummy. He knew that if he was going up to, back up to Jerusalem to stand, nothing was going to be resolved other than if they actually finally were successful in killing him. Because they were never going to agree with him. They were never going to agree that Jesus had risen from the dead. They were never going to agree that Jesus Christ was actually the Messiah. When Paul appealed to be held in custody for the emperor's decision. I ordered him to be kept in custody until I sent him to Caesarea. And this this had stirred, and, and, and Agrippa had been, by the Roman government, Agrippa had been placed uh, in authority over the temple in Jerusalem. So he was familiar with what went on in the temple, and in, in the teachings, and in, in, in the, 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 the way of life, okay? He, he was familiar with those things about the temple in Jerusalem. And so to hear this kind of piqued his interest. In Agrippa twenty verse 22, Agrippa said to Festus, I would also like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, Festus said, you shall hear him. So, the, the, the um, okay, verse 23. On the next day... When Agrippa had come together with Bernice in great pomp and had entered the auditorium accompanied by the commanders and the prominent men of the city at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Okay, who, who who doesn't like a big party, right? We got all the dignitaries there. All the palm, the band was playing, commanders and the prominent men of the city, you know, the head of the all the civic organizations and everybody was there for the big show. Agrippa liked it and show off to his his, uh, his wife, his sister. Anyhow. We talked about that last week. So they're putting on a show. Festus introduces the case in verses 24 to 27 in front of in front of all the town council and all the big wigs or people that think they were big wigs in town. Festus said, "King Agrippa, and all you gentlemen here present with us, you behold this man about whom all the people of the Jews appealed to me, both at Jerusalem and here, loudly declaring that he ought not to live any longer." But I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. Yet I had nothing definite about him to write to my lord. Therefore I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the investigation has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems absurd to me to send the prisoner, not to indicate the charges against him. (laughs) He says, "If I send this guy to Rome without any charge, I'm going to look like an idiot." He says, "He he appealed, so I agreed to send him, and I need to send him. He's a Roman citizen; he deserves it. That's his right." But I don't know what to say. Okay, we go we go back to the Sanhedrin, and the, the the council has has no charges that are going to stick. And and he was heard by you know Claudius Lysias. Remember him? He was the Roman the Roman. Uh, Guard head of the guards in, in Jerusalem that escorted him by, by horses and 200 foot soldiers up to Caesarea or down to Caesarea, excuse me. Claudius Lysias didn't have any charges to, to tell Felix. Felix had two years, didn't come up with any charges that were going to stick. Festus says, Guys, I've talked to this man, I've talked to the Jews, I've talked to them up in Jerusalem i got to send him to Rome because he's appealed to Caesar, but I don't know what to tell him. Help. Help me not look like the fool here. Figure something out for me. And, and you know. And there, there was a, a sense that uh, Agrippa should, would, would have had a better understanding because of his uh, authority over the tabernacle, or excuse me, the temple, that, that, that he would have had more sense and understanding than Felix or Festus. So there, there's kind of justification into why he's asking King Agrippa But he's basically saying, "Help! I don't know what to charge this guy with, and I don't want to send him to Rome without charges." So next week we'll start. We'll start digging into chapter 26, and that is um, Paul's longest defense, longest speech in the book of Acts. The bottom line is that he's going to say he is risen. You got it. Good. Good. He is, risen. he is risen. Amen and amen. And that's what his defense is going to be about in chapter twenty-six. Paul is waiting for justice. It's been a couple of years now. Is this is this chapter twenty-six will be his fifth defense? During this time, as much as is you'd say well he's not out preaching because he's being held prisoner God is accomplishing his will in Paul's life and sometimes God slows us down sometimes he sits us down because he wants to work in our lives And, and, and don't have any doubt that God was carrying out his agenda for Paul during this time he was working on Paul they say, wait a minute. He's been worked over. But we know that in uh, chapter 23, verse 11, when Jesus stood next to him, take courage, for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause of Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome to me also. Again, it's not in that verse, but it, it's in that verse. It says, I, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you're going through, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how much it hurts god is with you rest that satan satan would not want you to know that satan would want you to feel like god has deserted you he hasn't he has not he is right there with you and for you he loves you he loves you he loves you he will never leave you God, through this, is accomplishing His purpose in Paul's life. And Paul still has that promise from verse, chapter 23, verse 11, that he knows he's going to get to Rome. It's not just a desire anymore. He knows, because Jesus stood right next to him and said, you will testify of me in Rome. What a promise. What a promise. He's going to meet you there. We're going to stand and sing a song